Psalm 119, verse 49. Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Remember the word, Lord. In the seventh room, the key word which commences three of the eight verses is the word remember. Remember. It begins with the seventh Hebrew letter in the alphabet. Zion gives the Z sound in the Hebrew. This word is found, remember, is found in verse 49, verse 52, and verse 55. The seventh letter. Now the number seven in the Bible has great significance. It is the number of perfection, the number uh, that sets forth completion. And in the Old Testament, it is recalling the completion of creation. And the day God entered into the rest. When it was all perfect, all complete, on the seventh day, in that perfection, he enters into rest. It doesn't mean he was tired and he had to rest. It means that he's finished, it's perfect, and now he's sitting down to reign in the midst of it all. Sin disrupted all that. There's a new Sabbath through Christ. He's sitting again, reigning in the rest. In the new creation. This number recalls to us the, the Sabbath day rest. What is the commandment concerning that? Remember the Sabbath day. So, with the Hebrews, that all their interconnection with words and numbers in the scripture, this verb will be coming to the fore with the number seven. Remember the Sabbath day. And so the psalmist uses this verb three times. I should also point out that in the 22 sections, this is the only section that has the word remembrance. So it occurs three times, and it's only in this section. So that makes it the standout. So the key word is remember. Underline it. That's the one the Holy Spirit is focusing us in on. Now, while the verb occurs three times, there is a noticeable difference in the use of the verb. The first one has reference to God. The psalmist is speaking to God to remember. Remember the word unto thy servant. He's talking to the Lord, and he's saying, Lord, you remember. While he calls God to remember, it's not enough for us to ask God to remember. We have to remember as well. It's only just and proper that if we want him to remember us, we need to remember him and his word. If we want him to remember his word to us, then we want to remember that word ourselves. And so while one of the references refers to God's memory, the other two occurrences have reference to the psalmist's recall and recollection to his memory. I remember thy judgments, verse 52. 
I have remembered thy name, O Lord. Verse 55. So there's a shade of difference in the use of the verb. This morning we're not thinking about David's recollection. We're thinking about God's. God's remembrance. Verse 49 then, our text. Remember thy word unto thy servant. Now what is David saying here? Let let us be clear at the very start. We are not to think, and David doesn't think, that God has memory problems. As if God has some form of dementia and he needs to be helped and stirred up to remember. God doesn't have memory problems. That's not what David is saying here. He does not think that God has forgotten his word because God will not forget his word. He he can't forget his word. That's impossible. If he has spoken it, he will not forget it. He couldn't possibly. David knows that very well when he uses this verb. Of course, that brings the the, the question, can, can God forget anything? Can God forget it all? And yes, in a sense, he can forget. He can choose to forget. There are some things God cannot remember because he's chosen not to remember them. And he cannot... Because he's promised he will not. You see there are things God won't remember. And I'm speaking figuratively when I say this. There are things he has erased from his mind. I'm speaking figuratively according to scripture. His love and his grace has caused him to do that. Things to forget. Things not to recall. Things not to recollect. Things not to cast up again. There are things God has ordained and promised not to remember. In his love, he's chosen to forget them. And of course, you know, I'm speaking of the sins of his people. He doesn't remember the sins of his people. He forgets their sins. I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. He says to all his people who are in Jesus Christ, I do it for my own sake, he says, and I will not remember your sins. I won't remember them. Imagine that. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Imagine that. Not only our sins, but our our vile iniquities, that that iniquitous, rebellious action won't remember them anymore. And we even pray that, O Lord, remember not against us former iniquities. And this means that God doesn't reflect on our sins and they're not getting in on his mind and they're annoying him and stirring up his wrath against us. No, they're not in his mind doing that. He has put them out. They're not flooding in to stir them up. He's not pondering over them all. This is a wonder of wonders that God cannot remember our sins. It's a wonder of grace. And that's what he has accomplished through his son Jesus Christ. And that's what the 
blood has done, the blood of Christ, that so deals with our sins. And so the Father accepts us in Christ, and the sins are gone out of his mind. And that is, as we know, congregation, amazing grace. It's love beyond the grave. Satan doesn't forget them, however. God forgets, but not Satan. He will cast them up. And he does. And we can't forget either. We can't let ourselves forget. So that we always be humble and grateful. But you know, we should also try to forget the sins and faults of our brethren and our sisters. I mean, if the Lord doesn't remember their sins and their faults, why should we? And so we should try to be like the Lord and not remember the sins and the faults of our brethren and our sisters. But sadly, we often fail at that. But God doesn't fail. He doesn't remember them anymore. How great God is. And how mighty is our Redeemer. And how glorious is the Gospel. And how powerful is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Yes, he forgets sin in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, sinner, you have to come to Christ. Because you see your sins, if you're not in Christ, your sins are are going on in the mind of God. He hasn't cast them out. He's pondering them. And he'll be stirred up to divine wrath one day. So you need to come to Christ. You need to be under the blood of Christ. And so sinners need to be saved. And so he doesn't remember the sins of his people because the word of promise has gone out of his mouth concerning that. But he doesn't forget his word. He never puts that out of mind. To forget his word would be to forget his son, who is the eternal word himself. He could never forget the word that goes out of his mouth, just as he can never forget his son. It's impossible for him to forget his word. And David knows this. Even when he says, remember thy word, he he knows this even when he says this. And he knows it because he knows God. And he knows God is a God of truth. And he knows God is a one who speaks truth. And therefore can't forget the truth that he speaks. Because you see, if you're prone to forget your word, you can lie then by mistake. God can't forget his word because he could never lie even by mistake. He's a God of truth and that means his word is ever before him. Always with him. We forget our word, but God can't forget his. Imagine what Satan would say if God forgot his word. If God forgot a word that he he spoke. If he broke a promise through forgetfulness. And the devil caught him out. Imagine what Satan would say. God would be ungodded if he forgot his word. And all the angels... They would be utterly gobsmacked that the Lord forgot his word. So it's impossible. And God, David knows this. 
He can't forget his word, and he will he certainly will never choose to forget his word the way he chooses to forget sins. He has no reason to choose to forget it. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. And it is particularly a word of promise that David is speaking about here when he says, Thy word, remember thy word unto thy servant. He's speaking about the word of promise. The word to me, Lord, that you give. You remember, God came to David and gave him promises. He's recalling that. He's pleading that. The word you give to me. And God gave David many promises. And you read about them in the Bible. And he has faith in the Lord. In the Lord and he's trusting God. And David, because of this faith and trust that he has, you see it here in this verse, the word you give unto me. You've caused me to hope in it. I'm trusting in it. He's making himself like all those men in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. All the men and women of faith and while David's not named in them, he, he belongs in there. He's showing himself to be a man of faith. They all obtained the words from God and the promises. And they hoped and they trusted in the promises. They believed and they acted on the word. God said to Noah, I'll send a flood. Noah believed and he built an ark. He acted on the word. He hoped in the word. He received the word. Abel, he offered lambs because he obeyed the word. And Abraham became a pilgrim at the word of God. And Moses left Egypt and joined the people of God, even though they were despised and suffering, because he believed the word of God. And they hoped in that word. And they obeyed. And they could not have done that if they ever thought God has memory problems and he'd forget his word. They, they could never have done that. If they thought, well, God's going to forget his word, how can I trust him? So they knew God hadn't memory problems. And David knows God hasn't memory problems when he says, Lord, remember the word. It was years before the flood came and yet Noah built the ark. It was years before Abraham got a son. And yet Abraham went on believing. And Moses didn't deliver Israel for years and years. He didn't deliver them the next day he got the promise. It was years after he got the promise. But he believed. He believed. And he knew God wouldn't forget his promise. So all these people believed the word of promise. And they knew God wouldn't forget the word of promise. And they lived their whole life on the basis of the promise. So what I'm saying is, we here Christians, we don't have any problems with God forgetting his word. He won't. He never shall. And whenever we say, Lord, remember your word, we are not implying you might forget. We're not implying that. David knows this. Because he knows God, and what is more, he knows his Bible. He knows his Bible, and he's using this verb, remember, in the Bible sense, in the biblical sense. You see, whenever David became a king, there's one thing he had to do. He had to write out the Torah. He had to write out the law of Moses. 
the first five books of Moses. And it didn't mean he just read, read it out once and threw it in the corner and forgot about it. No, he, he read it every day. He lived in the Torah. He lived in, in God's Word. He's always praying and reading the Psalms biblically. He's always praying and reading the Psalms with the Torah in his heart. And he knows how to use this verb, remember. Because it's used quite a bit in the Torah. God uses it. And he's praying biblically here. And he's using it, as I say, in the biblical sense. He has deeply studied this verb. When he brings it before God and applies it to him. So he knows what he's asking when he says this. We read the first occurrence of it in the Bible this morning. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. That's the first occurrence of this verb. It's to do with God's remembrance. What does it say? God remembered Noah. He remembered Noah. Now, when David writes this then, he's thinking about Noah. He must be thinking about Noah. And he's no doubt he's thinking about Abraham too, and others. We can't know the mind of David for sure, but certainly we should be thinking about Noah. We should be thinking about the use of this verb in the Torah. So he's thinking in terms of his spiritual fathers. And this verb in relation to them and God. If you study the flood narrative, which starts at chapter 5 in Genesis, it continues through to the start of chapter 9. And if you study it in detail and you know, weigh it all out, you'll find that chapter 8, verse 1, God remembered Noah, is the heart and center. All before that is leading up to that. All after that comes from that. Chapter 8, verse 1, is the valley center of the flood narrative going down 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 the depths God remembered Noah it all changed after that up 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 into the new world it's a wonderful verb and when God remembers you in this way it's a whole new world it's a key verse then and a key verb You will notice that whenever God remembered Noah, where is Noah? He's in the ark. He's the top of the flood. Everybody below is in the darkness. Everybody's dead and drowning. It's chaos. It's chaos below. It's the old world. It's destruction. It's doom. It's darkness. It's bleak. It's depressing. It's despair. And the waters are prevailing. 150 days have been prevailing. Is Noah despairing? Noah's not despairing. Why is Noah not despairing? Because God has given them a promise. And God has built, he's built the ark. He's directed them. He's put them in the ark. He's been saved through the flood. Noah's not despairing. He's not having any doubts about God. He doesn't think God has forgotten him. He's not thinking like that. He has a word of promise, a word that has been given to his servant, a word that he hopes upon, even as he sits on the dark chaos 
of a drowned world. He has no doubts. Well, he may have a few doubts, but he's not, he's not despairing if he's trusting God and is a man of faith. He has assurance. I hope in thy word. Maybe even Noah prayed this. I don't know for sure, but I suspect he could have prayed something like this. The waters don't look like they're going away. Everybody's dead now, he knows, in the, in the ocean. And maybe he said, Lord, remember the word unto your servant. Whereupon I, I hope and trust. Perhaps he prayed this. Perhaps David is thinking he prayed this. David certainly prays it. And David's going through a dark time in this section. You see it. He's going through the chaos. He's bobbing up and down in the affliction like, like Noah was in the ark, up and down over the chaos. He's in the darkness. What does he say there in verse 50? My affliction. My affliction. What does he say there in verse 51? The pride have had me greatly in derision. I'm in the midst of derision. The chaos of derision. The derision of the ungodly. This is what I have to bob up and down up in the world. He's on the chaos. And then in verse 55. I've remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. I'm in the night. Bobbing up and down over the floods, over the derision of the ungodly. Going through the affliction. In the night. Maybe that's where you are, child of God, in the night, in the darkness, in the chaos, in the affliction, in the derision of the ungodly. Have you lost faith? Have you lost heart? Can you not still trust the way Noah's trusting, even over the chaos? You should be able to trust and believe. I hope in your word. Lord, remember it. Remember the word. So in Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 it's not that God forgot Noah. You know, Noah's sitting there and you know, God's way off the dementia land. All the flood, everybody, and, and he's forgotten Noah. And, oh, and he just woke up. I forgot. That's not God. You know, he's sitting there in his chair and he's thinking about other things and then a thought comes in. Oh, Noah's in that boat. Noah's in that boat. And he remembered Noah. That's not what it means. He never forgot him at all. He was always in his mind. Whenever it says God remembered Noah, what it means is he began now to fulfill the word. He began now to act on behalf of Noah. He began now to intervene. That's what it means. So it's not a dementia problem. It's action now. So God's remembrance refers to the precise moment when everything changes and the promise begins to be fulfilled. So it doesn't mean God has forgotten his promise. It means that now he is delivering on his promise. And you can read it. God remembered Noah and then read everything that happens after it. All those verbs that God does. He, he sends a wind. Everything changes God's remembered him. And he brings him into the new. It's like your birthday, isn't it? Someone gives you a birthday present and you say, oh, you remembered. Well, it's not that they forgot. 
It's not they acted when they brought you a present. There may have been other people who did remember your birthday, but they didn't act on it. They didn't remember you. They didn't come and give you something. But they hadn't forgotten it either, but it's just, you know, there wasn't the same generosity. But the Lord remembering is his generosity. His fulfilling his word. You see, there's a time to God to act. We like that time a wee bit sooner. But God knows the best time. The best time. And what David is praying here is for God's action. God fulfilling the promise. God bringing it to pass. That's what David's talking about. Lord, deliver on your promise. Give me now the promised help. Intervene. Come with your promised blessings. This is what he's praying for. So he's asking for the divine action on his behalf. And you you study this verb throughout the Torah and you'll see this. It's God coming and acting on behalf at that moment. And that's what David is asking for. Fulfillment. Promised blessing to arrive. Obtainment. You see, when God remembers you and his word, it always leads to a blessing, to something new. Whenever God remembered Israel, it meant deliverance out of Egypt. Not that he forgot about them, the 400 years they were in there, but he remembered them, and now the time had come. Deliverance. And when he remembered them, he brought them out. You know the story, he brought them out into the promised land, ultimately. That's what God does when he remembers you. And when he remembers his word to you. Oh, it's wonderful. And we don't have to doubt in the meantime. Because it will come to us all eventually. But we have to patiently wait for it. And sometimes we can even say, Lord, intervene now. Do it now. There are sometimes we get into a crisis in our life. And it needs to be done now. And God has remembered his word to us. That's the thing. You know, Christ coming into the world is spoken of in terms of God's remembrance. He remembered his covenant to Abraham. He remembered his promises to Isaac and Jacob. Christ came. The promised one came. He remembered all the promises in the old times. He's come at the remembrance of your promise, Lord. This is, this is Christ coming into the world. He, he promised to send his son. He promised to provide a savior. He promised to give Emmanuel. He, he never ever forgot about that in the Old Testament times. The promise never once left his mind. But whenever Christ came into the world, he remembered. It was fulfillment then. It was completion then. And you remember how the Bible says he remembered his holy promise. You remember how Mary even sung. What did Mary say? He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers. She has the little Christ child in her womb. She knows all about it. She knows what it means. And she says, now at last, you've remembered, Lord. You've remembered your promise to Abraham. You've remembered your promise to the fathers. Now it's fulfillment. Now it's completion. Now it's new. It's New Testament now. 
The chaos is over. The darkness is ended. The depths of the valley is complete. Now we're coming into the new. Because you've remembered your word. And we're on the uphill now. To the new heavens and the new earth. Because Christ came. God remembered his word. And that word is a word to you and to me. He has promised us Christ. And he's remembered his word. As Zechariah said. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers. To remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to Abraham our father. It's being remembered now. Thousands of years later. Wasn't that God ever forgot about it. But now it's completion. It's fulfillment. It's the new. It's the end of the old. That's what happened when God remembers. It's dramatic. The day we were converted, it was dramatic. He remembered us in our lowest state. He always had remembered us in our lowest state. He always knew we were darkened sinners. But there was a day in our experience when we knew he remembered it. Because he brought us up out of it. For his mercy endureth forever. We heard the gospel. Poor perishing sinners. But we heard the gospel. We heard the word of promise. We heard the word of the gospel. And we believed. And we said, Lord, remember your promise. Remember your gospel. Remember the word you have caused me to hope upon. We hope in your gospel promise. And we believed. And God remembered. And it was dramatic. It was the start of the new. And God remembered. He took us in. He delivered us. His promises never fail. He remembers them all. So asking God to remember is just to plead his promises. It's just to ask God to fulfill and complete. It's just to ask God to make good in his word. It's showing God his handwriting. Here it is, Lord. Here it is, the promises. From your own mouth. Not that he thinks God forgets but he knows that God loves faith he knows that God is pleased with faith and there's no better display of faith than to show God his handwriting and to say remember your word the Lord loves that he loves that kind of praying he loves that childlike faith you know a little child running in here dad you've said it He loves that childlike faith coming to him. It's in your own handwriting. You have signed it. This holy reminding that his people do, he just loves it. He glories in it. Poor sinner, today I speak to you especially. Would you not have faith? Would you not begin to believe the word? Would you not begin to trust in the promises of God? 
You may not be a servant. David says, Lord, I'm your servant. Remember the word you've given to me, your servant. The Lord gives us promises as Christians. But you know, he gives us promises as sinners. And maybe you're not a servant of the Lord, but you're a sinner. And even as a sinner, God gives you promises. Will you not believe? Will you not act on them? Will you not say, remember the word, Lord? I'm looking for fulfillment and completion. i give you an example. The Lord Jesus says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. In other words, I'll bring him in. I'll take him in. If he comes to me humbly and in faith, repentant, I'll take him in. Won't cast him away. Won't, won't push and shove him out. No, he, he'll be brought in. That's a wonderful promise. Will you not trust it, sinner? Will you not set it before you? Will you not set your hope in it? It gives you ground for hope. And so you can come to Christ. And you can say, Lord, remember your word. I'm coming to you, Lord. Are you going to remember your word? Are you going to take me in? Act on the promise. And you'll see what will happen. What happened to all of us that are Christians? We came to Christ. He took us in. He remembered his word. He remembered us in our lowest state. For his mercy endureth forever. He'll take you in, sinner. If you'll come, he'll take you in. Bless his name. His gospel promise will not fail. He'll remember you if you believe the gospel. He will take you in. And you'll become his child. And he'll never forget you. And he'll never forget his promises to you. Can a woman forget her sucking child? Yeah, that could possibly happen. She, even though she has compassion, the most compassionate woman of all, she, she may even forget the son of her own womb. Yeah, it's conceivable. But not me, God says. I'll not forget. I've graven thee upon the palms of my hands. I'll not forget. I've written you upon the walls of my house. I'll not forget. I have you engraved on my breastplate. I'll not forget. I have your names engraved on my shoulders when I bury you and carry you about. I'll not forget. The Lord won't forget you, child of God. I will not forget thee. So this is how to plead this word. We don't think God has memory problems. Ah, oh, but we want to enter into the experience of all that he has promised us. So remember your word to us, Lord.